0: Vida Abu Productions welcomes you to a new episode of BE Podcast. Join in the conversation with Pastor Jonathan Gallardo and Pastor Henry Cruz. Welcome everyone, my name is Jonathan Gallardo and I'm with Henry Cruz. And this is the Vida English Podcast. We're uh, excited to be here on live with you guys. Well, not live, but live with... With each other, at least, yeah, and uh, we're exploring a new format as we've been mentioning. And after a while, we won't mention it anymore. You guys will kind of get used to the format that we're talking about, but we're speaking on and interacting with some current events, current events within the religious world, current events within. The church world, and uh, we're taking this and trying to consider this within the theological framework. What's a biblical response to some of the stuff that we're seeing? Because it's very easy to respond to things and be like, "Oh, well, that's ugly," or "Oh, I don't like that. I wouldn't do right. that," which anybody could do. And there's a bunch of YouTube content creators and all that stuff that do that. We just want to kind of spend some time to educate some of our church members, as well as anybody at the broad audience, will kind of listen in and realize hey well we're here for um some give us some biblical backup for this or what's a theological interpretation of what's going on and today we have uh two interesting dilemmas within the church world so i mean we're um we're pastors so we're very aware of what's going on in church world sometimes not as much but uh you know they a lot of the young people bring this up a lot of times and um we're we're kind of uh interested in what's going on with some of these mega church pastors. Yeah. I think that's been one of my I think I should get a PhD in, in mega church pastors. <laughs> I, I should go do a PhD work on mega church pastors and just, just research. Kind of just do <laughs> mad research for about two years and and write some it's like six, seven hundred pages on that. But we've been talking about mega church pastors and you know it just they they don't fail to amaze us, mm. and uh, recently, well, well, let's talk about the first one, okay? Th- because this is a an older gentleman, and he's been around. Mm-hmm. He's been around for a very long time. I even remember my father even knew about about him, okay? Because he knew a about, about his father, and. So the the pastor we're talking about today, I mean, we're not talking bad about him, but what he actually did for mm-hmm. for uh, one of his sermon titles is Pastor Ed Young Jr. I think that's his full name. Okay. Ed Young Fellowship Church in Dallas, Texas, mm-hmm. mega church, mega church, incredibly wealthy, big budgets. This is the church that I don't know if you remember during the NCAA. Okay, uh, about a year ago, two probably years ago, a year, yeah. two years ago, they they built an entire. Okay state uh what is it Um, yeah uh, court a court yeah. on their stage you know that just you know that, that shows the size of the church yeah. but also the size of the budget of the, oh, church. the church right when you can make a court uh, yeah. right in your and own then auditorium. play you yeah. know they've they've done like wrestling rings on there is that where undertaker goes from
1: time yeah, to time yeah okay. undertaker
0: was there okay they uh infamously they had done this um very weird uh series on sex in the okay. marriage and i heard about this and he kind of preached that you know you would have you had to have sex with your wife once a day for like 30 days or something like that okay and um and throughout that whole month of the series he He's he put a humongous bed on the roof yeah. of his church. Yeah, that's what I heard. Okay. You remember that? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and there, I don't know what those main highways are on on in Dallas in okay. the Dallas Fort Worth area. But his church, it, you can see it off one of those major like here in in, in Chicago. Yeah. we have like the two ninety expressway or the fifty five or whatever i don't know the actual names like dan ryan right and, stuff, and all that yeah. one of those uh but it, it, and so it's highly visible you know like it, it's kind of like seeing the united center from afar and on top of the 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 roof they had a bed there and they even like videotaped themselves i mean not doing anything but like they were just on the yeah. bed while yeah, yeah, they yeah. were there you know just ridiculous stuff like okay. that you know and that that causes commotion that causes Some, uh, you know, hype and people are like interested. Like, wow, how creative. This is good. You know, new people are going to be interested. The same story. This um, recently, within this month, I believe. And this is where it gets hard because I don't have Instagram. So you might have, you might remember this uh, or have seen this. But on Instagram, he had a sermon series called What Would You Ask." Etc. And then they would put like a blank there. What would you ask, um, you know, different artists, celebrities, famous people? But most recently, I believe, their most recent one or like relatively recent was what would you ask Donald Trump? OK, now this is a sermon series and their title of the preaching and the series is is clickbaity in that aspect. But I mean, what are, what are some of the immediate thoughts just on that? Yeah. You know, Donald Trump sermon titled, what would you ask Donald Trump or what, what would Jesus ask? Or, yeah. Oh. So what would Jesus say to Donald? What Trump? would Jesus say to yeah. Donald Trump? And when was that the most recent one? Yeah, so this is like from this past Sunday. So you can actually probably go. We should go listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see how how badly yeah. we cringe.
1: So so on on his Instagram, they have like a little reel. Oh wow, going around, and so some of the things that that the reel says is, you know, what would Jesus say? Uh, stop tweeting, things like like that. So so he, he's going pretty hard here on on Trump, talking about marriage, and and different oh, wow. things things like that, but uh, and pride. So, so there's a few things there that, that he mentions, but yeah, the series is called, what would Jesus say to Donald Trump?
0: To Donald Trump. Okay. So, I mean, are we running out of material to preach? What's, right. what's the issue here? Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, that's what I don't, I don't get like, I doubt this man's gone through all the yeah. books of the Bible, yeah. um, gone through, you know, through the old Testament, new Testament, um, so I get that these things are catchy. Um, I also get, you know, that, you know, just given what, what, what—at least the the mm-hmm. clip, whatever that they they put up—that he's probably in a church context where people lean more Democrat than than Republican mm-hmm. or more in the middle. I guess yeah. I don't know. This is Dallas. You know, yeah, Bible right. Belt. It, it, yeah, it's yeah. Bible Belt, but you know how yeah, how, yeah. how things in you know big cities sometimes you have a mixed crowd there, but. But the fact that he's, yeah, that he's like, you know, doing a series on what would Jesus say to Donald Trump? Well, one, mm-hmm. you lose the whole audience. <laughs> like, you know, I'm thinking just as a preacher, right? Because clearly the, the sermon, like, you know, if, if we think through whatever, you know, like what you learn in seminary about yeah. different things of like, you and know, know, yeah, yeah, and stuff like yeah. That, read yeah. the text, initialization and application, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, your sermon is geared towards one person. Mm-hmm. Unless Donald Trump is in the sermon, in the, in the sermon, <laughs> You preach for whatever, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and I use the word preaching yeah, lightly, yeah. but but you just gave a whole sermon or talk on what Jesus would say to Donald Trump. And unless he was there, yeah. everyone left listening and either going, yeah, amazing, Jesus would say that to yeah. Donald Trump, or they left going, oh, man, uh, why why did he have to go, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, like one or the other but who cares <laughs> like like you know what i'm saying like like yeah. you lost your audience from the moment you you hit go and so what i know is that he's doing a series about this for i think this was the first one because i i did see a, like a like a reel with different faces that are going to be talking to so i know one is like what would jesus say to justin bieber what oh, okay. would jesus say to some other celebrities i forgot who was it was like four wow. or five of them but but clearly this is you know meant to get people to come to church. Maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe they didn't, they ran out of biblical yeah. material. They just got, you know, bored with that or mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and now they're appealing to culture in some way or want to talk about culture. And so, yeah, he did a sermon about what Jesus mm-hmm. would say to, to, to Donald Trump.
0: Now, I mean, why don't we, why don't we talk about, you mentioned it right now. Why don't we talk about contextualization? Okay. And because that's what gets to me like in this part, I mean, there, there's multiple levels that, that that really make me cringe and mm-hmm. make me like, ah, you know, hold my holy discontent, as you've yeah. called it, as as it's been known. But uh, even on the on the level of contextualization and uh, knowing your audience, knowing mm-hmm. the people there, now as a pastor, how, how much of that is is really to be considered? Because I, I'm saying this because. All right, yeah, you you might have identified that your congregation is right-wing or whatever. But how many people in your church then would really completely disregard wanting to know scripture or going to church to really listen to scripture or you know so, so what what does it say about his context then, you know? Right. Then because I can't picture myself or or I can't picture let's say um, I don't, I don't even know what, what a serious person, right? Like, you know, there's, here's a, maybe a, a, a well-off family and yeah. here's a doctor or a lawyer, whatever. And, you know, they, they go through the, everything during the week and they're hearing all this nonsense nonsense in the, in the streets and on TV news, Twitter and all of that. And at least, I mean, I, I, I would figure that as someone that's somewhat serious about, you know, all right, this is my mm-hmm. spiritual time. This is my moment of worship I'm going to go to church and I want to worship Christ and and, and I want to hear his word. And mm. so, so I'm looking at somebody like that. I'm like, would that person really fit in or, or I don't know, they, they might have bought into the hype at the beginning and then just kind of sit through the service and now just bear it. Right. Like, Oh, well, he does this every once in a while. It's kind of dumb. I'll just put up with it and then keep going. Mm. Like, how do we understand contextualization? You know, that that's what I want people to understand as a preacher, what we're looking at and how we're trying to structure the sermon on that part. Right. So so for,
1: for our audience that may not know what mm-hmm. contextualization is, it's just the, the idea of how do you make the text? and I want to be a little careful here, but I guess instead of relatable, I would say understandable Mm -hmm. to the context that you're in. So in this case, you may apply certain things a certain way because you're familiar with the audience Mm -hmm. that, that you're, you know, that you're dealing with. So that's contextualization. So it's just knowing the culture that you're in, the the community of faith that you're in, and then trying to give examples that would best help them understand the text. Illustrations. Yeah. Illustrations and, and all that stuff, according to their, their context. And again, you know, I'm I'm careful here because some preachers stress that too much but mm-hmm. there are times where like if the text isn't going there then then you can't yeah, yeah. go there either and if um and if the biblical text is saying something that may offend the context mm. you still have to say so for example I remember reading years ago you know missionaries would argue don't teach on the on certain parables uh in India Mm. Because they see animals as sacred, and they see animal, or, or don't talk about the sacrificial system in the Old Testament or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, I understand that 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 some people may get offended, but yeah. but but that's why, like you know, I, I agree with McCarthy here when, when he says, you know, when you preach the Bible faithfully, the same message you give in one country, yeah. you can give in another. Um, and again, you you are mindful of certain things, but but our job is first to be faithful to the text, and mm-hmm. then. Think through how we're going to present this, you know, in in, in a cultural context where, you know, you're not specifically or purposely seeking to offend. But if that's what the text says, you cannot read that Mm -hmm. portion of of the text, you know. So, again, missionaries have have kind of debated about this. Should should certain preachers touch on certain things, depending on whatever country they're in. So so that's where I I think we we ought to be careful. But in this case, my problem with 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 this is that it's not even it's not that he's contextualizing. Mm. It's that he's begun there. Oh, uh, the, okay. the sermon yeah. starts there. Yeah, so yeah. it doesn't start with a biblical text. Uh, the, the point here, so, so here, if we're going to be biblically faithful, right? Mm-hmm. What would Jesus say to Donald Trump? Answer, nothing. Because mm-hmm. he never addressed, you know, no yeah, gospel, yeah. none of the words of Jesus actually address Donald Trump. So the whole sermon is, I don't know, theatrical. Mm-hmm. Um it's, it's what I think would Jesus, like in other words, and, and this is so, so here's where I want our audience to get maybe not I'm maybe jumping too soon to the the biblical response but you know as preachers we are to model Old Testament prophets mm-hmm. which is when we say thus saith the Lord mm-hmm. it's cuz thus saith the said, Lord yeah, yeah it, it's what God is saying so Ed Young has placed himself as the messenger of God in this case as a prophet and he's saying this is what Jesus would tell Ed Young. Mm-hmm. Stop tweeting. Yeah. Now would he? I don't know. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so either he would, and then then he's acting like an Old Testament prophet who is uh, correctly articulating, you know, God's word. Or he's not, which is where I would lean towards too. Yeah. And then therefore he's a false prophet, a false teacher, and he's not saying what the Lord has said. And so yeah. for me, my issue is that, yeah, again, the problem with this sermon is that it began with contextualization without an actual biblical text. And I'm I'm sure, I mean, if, if we listen to it, I haven't had time to listen to it, but, but I'm sure if we do, yeah. I think it's going to be more of like, of just a yeah. bunch of like nonsense that he thinks Jesus yeah. would tell Donald Trump, and not very much biblical content in in
0: this in this case. Yeah, I mean that that's the sad part that he doesn't even start with right, it with, with, with the word yeah. with the Bible. I mean, yeah, we haven't seen the sermon or anything, but just simply off sermon titles. Yeah. again, we're not content creators, right? We're, we're pastors, right? So yeah, there's a million other things that we would rather be doing than than evaluating this stuff, although sometimes it's comedic relief to, yeah. to watch the... It's good to unwind yeah, this it's way. to unwind. But yeah, there's other YouTubers that go deep into this and they're like exegeting the whole thing. Right. And I'm like, all right, well, we just want to give a brief overview and then just simply respond on what the Bible would say. Uh, along those lines and under a similar situation, we have another passage, okay. is our second story. So we have... Ed Young at Fellowship Church doing this nonsense of what would Jesus tell hmm. Donald Trump? I think Jesus would tell Ed Young and Donald Trump the same thing. Repent. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. that's yeah. what there's I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Move on. <laughs> uh, but uh the another, you know, on another level, and this is Latin America now. Okay. Latin America. We're talking about Mexico. Okay. This is, you know, for all the Mexicans out there, yeah. this is for you. So there's a very famous pastor in, in Mexico that They went to the city of Mexico and I think they're in the in the hub of like this, you know, this booming economy now within Mexico City. It's like where all the all those people that work in the United States and can live in Mexico Mm -hmm. and they and they get paid United States money and they're living in Mexico. So it's like a very high-end, influential area. You know, kind of what we would say the yuppie movement from the nineties is is in Mexico. From the eighties and nineties, it's in Mexico now, but with influencers, you know, Mm -hmm. we got rich, a lot of wealth in that city i think they call it's one of the cities is roma and then it's like the hub of okay. influencers mm. in, in mexico so it's kind of like the united states but in that culture and in that context uh we have this you know very influential and very you know m- much like ed young uh but now this this is a, a new generation of uh, of pastors and or you know communicators whatever yeah. they're whatever they are but his name is uh, um, Emerson No Noatani, I think. No, yeah. I can't Nawatney pronounce. or Nawatney. Nawatney. I- Nawatney. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah. Go, Emerson yeah. From Mosaic Church, Mexico. Mexico. Okay. So the if if people don't know who Emerson is, he he used to be pa- pastoring alongside with Irwin McManus, hmm. uh, who's one of your brothers. He's a Salvadorian, I think. Yeah, Erwin I think he is. Yeah. And I actually saw him live in Mexico at a conference in Mexico once, which was astounding, to say at least not on, in a yeah. good way. But it was um, he was in Mexico. But Erwin mcbanis has a has a mega church, influential church, and in another hub of of influencers. L.A., you know, okay. it's at Mosaic <laughs> L.A. Uh, the you know the main you know that's where all the influencers are. That's where all right. the content creator, YouTubers, whatever, famous people. L.A., Los Angeles, Hollywood. That that's where the church was founded. It grew. Erwin McManus actually stopped pastoring for several years after he decided you know he needed a break. Okay. But then he came back, and he came back on this creative revolution. Like it was, it, it was a, a whole nother level of of implementing creativity within the church, and and more so than than Hillsong. I remember listening and and seeing what. What mosaic was doing with Irving McManus, it was like really cutting edge stuff. Okay, interesting, so new, new, yeah, new, interest, avant garde to say, you know, to a certain extent, but, but very, very new. And um and, and so he he broke away from you know before that uh you know awakening he had or before that transformation he had he was lumped in with you know the other mega church pastors that we knew from the '90s and the early 2000s with with Bill Hybels okay. I actually saw him at the Willow Creek Summit oh wow back in 20 I don't know nine two oh nine you know back back in the day. And he he was lumped up with them. It was him, you know, Wayne Cordero, Bill Hybels, you know, Craig Rochelle, all those those guys. So they were in that category. But when he came back, it was like like a whole different thing. It was now not addressing the boomers anymore, cause that nineties generation, two thousand yeah, generation, okay. it was like very heavily boomer oriented and and, and getting to the, the boomer generation. But you know, now this guy came in with, you know, with a millennial generation and and it just blew up, like, mm. you know, now with social media and all of that stuff, it just blew up. LA, Mosaic LA became a, another hub for influencers in the church world. Okay. Well, the pastor in Mexico, um, Emerson, Emerson, Yeah. you know, broke away. I can't remember. Do you remember how long ago he went to Mexico? A couple of years ago? Yeah, it's been a, like three, four. It's been, four, a, it's been or a while. More. Yeah, maybe more. Maybe Probably more. like five years ago. Yeah. And uh and yeah, and it's blown up, you know. Mm. The the Latino culture, the Mexican culture loves the United States culture. Everybody in Mexico wants to be an American, even though they don't admit it. Right, right. Um, and uh they they love everything American culture. So it hit, it blew up, you know. Mm. This guy has church in a nightclub, I think. And okay. It's um it's 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 pretty avant-garde too in, in Mexico. But what we've noticed is you know a similar trend it's getting away from a biblical preaching sermon style uh in this communication oriented world it's getting away from that it's getting away from the gospel it's getting away from really fidelity to scripture and yeah you know there's some messages that he has that has gone up viral and some stuff that he does that is viral but recently and this is what caught my attention okay. again you know it's it's a little bit basic but it, it just goes to show the state of affairs again of mm-hmm. our current uh trend in Chris in the christian world and so now they're doing a preaching series a sermon okay. series which you know like when 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 you get when you have a chance to do a sermon series like you know you pray about it you right you're like god you know what where you know Help me feel and understand what what I need to teach this church, yeah. you know. And so for a while, like myself, I've, I've been you know really praying, and and I felt for a while already to preach on on prayer on Wednesday nights. Okay, Like talk, teach, get a good biblical perspective on prayer. I, I just felt that for a while, and we're gonna launch into that Wednesday night Bible study. But you know, people pray, and and they and they're really like God. I, I we this is for your people, mm-hmm. so we want to make sure that we're just not talking yeah. nonsense. But this guy decides or i it probably not even him. Mm. it might have come from from the higher up okay. in in mosaic. Okay. but he has a, a sermon series now not based off the bible. okay. but now they're preaching the book that erwin mcmanus recently wrote, mm. which i believe is a creative soul or the artisan soul or something like that. it's like a okay. creative book that that erwin uh, mcmanus wrote. And I believe I saw from what somebody showed me, and again, I don't have Instagram, so I don't know exactly what it was, but it's a five-week sermon on the pastor's book. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, I wrote a little manual on tithing, and I was like, man, maybe I should just do that to get my book sales up, <laughs>
1: my manual sells
0: up. But that that's that's kind of uh, what's going on right now, right? He, he's so here again, and, and I want people to get the, yeah. the perspective. Like, all right, I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor, and I'm my job is to give God's people God's word. Yeah, uh, but I'm gonna be preaching Irwin McManus's book. Right. Pretty sure, maybe I haven't seen that book. Yeah. Maybe it has some scripture in it, which I don't think at this point I don't think it does, but. You know, like back in the day, the famous Joyce Myers, like, oh, I don't, read, she said before, I don't read the Bible because I'll, all my books, I just read my books because they have a lot of scripture. In yeah, it. Maybe it could be something like that, but I doubt it. But that, you know, that, again, that just goes to show the state of affairs mm. where we're talking about Donald Trump and then, oh, no, well, let's preach through another book. It's kind of like, you know, the the Mormons do and, right. and Jehovah Witnesses do. So it's like, that's where we're at right now with yeah. that. Yeah, it's interesting. We go from what would Jesus say to Donald Trump to
1: what would Erwin McManus say to that church? To, to I don't God's I don't, people, yeah. yeah I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know which one's yeah, worse. Yeah, that's horrible. Oh, that's, yeah. So, man, and again, yeah, it just goes back to some of the things we already touched on. But, you know, I doubt that they've gone through books. of the, Like, you know, there's man. so much biblical content, material, like, to call yourself a church, which is really where what yeah. I would be like, man, this isn't even a church anymore because you've gone yeah. off the the rails yeah. completely here where now you're, you have your, you know, I, I don't even think he calls himself like the founding pastor. He probably calls himself the CEO yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, you have, you know, Erwin Mc, McManus book and you're going to go through five weeks. So I'm assuming maybe it's a five chapter book. Yeah. I don't know. Two chapters yeah. per week probably. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're just going to go through it and you're going to you know explain whatever it is that he says and yeah you know the the sad reality is is that a lot of these books you know for example us when you know the books that we or the theology books that we read usually have a scripture index yeah. but because they view much scripture i'm almost i'd bet yeah. i'm almost willing to bet, I would bet you that, that 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 this book doesn't even have a scripture index because that's just not what what um what the focus was and and again you can kind of tell just by the title creative soul is is not (laughs) none of that rings you know artisan yeah yeah (laughs) biblical none of it rings like some type of theological thing that's going to be discussed or whatever so so at the end of the day yeah i just my thing is you know what are you doing on a sunday Mm -hmm. when 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 you think the best thing that you could give your congregation the, the people that are going to this so-called church the best thing you could give them are not the words of god not the words mm. you know that you find in scripture no no we're gonna give them the words of erwin and and again mm. a, as as someone that you know this may be a little unfair but but it, to a certain extent is like who cares yeah like who cares <laughs> what erwin has to say look if you want to do a small group on and read his book fine i'm all fine with that mm. to a, you know but but if you're going to just, you know, uh, or do a book club, whatever, I'm going to yeah. gather with some men and we're going to go through this book, fine. But to spend five weeks on a Sunday teaching God's people about this guy's book. Yeah, just, and I, it, like, again, like, what, what is he going to do? Turn to page yeah, 20. Yeah, yeah. In he the goes, third edition. Yeah, in the third Like, what, page what is going <laughs> on here? Yeah, like, yeah honestly if there are people in Mexico listening to this yeah. run away from yeah, from that yeah. church man it, you know and I know Erwin you know he, he I remember a few few years back uh during the pandemic I think he he was circling around my twitter feed because uh, on top of being a CEO, pastor, whatever, he's a designer. So he was selling oh, like right. like all this yeah, merch, yeah. like which again, I, I mean, it's L.A. So yeah. I kind of get it why yeah. people would dress like that. But none of it was appealing mm-hmm. to me. But what was impressive was seven hundred dollars yeah. and his line was like selling out. So mm-hmm. I'm like, for some yeah. pants. And yeah, have some for pants, cargo pants. Some yeah. shorts. <laughs> so wow. so anyway, yeah, my, my thing is just that it's 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 a sad thing. And you're clearly away from scripture, which is our job as, as pastors is to expound the scriptures, not to expound the words of, of somebody else.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the sad state of affairs. Again, these are just basic things that are going on in the world. And, and, you know, briefly some takeaways, biblical takeaways. First, I I think one of the takeaways I wanted to hit on was what you just Mm -hmm. said. If you're in a church like that, you, and you're comfortable then here's what Jesus will tell you 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 gotta repent right because you're seeking comfort and and you you, you like getting your ears tickled, mm-hmm. which is what you shouldn't be right. wanting and desiring um secondly is, yeah, find yourself a congregation a, a an actual church, right you know don't be afraid of church. That's what worship is, you mm-hmm. know it, it, it yeah, it is uncomfortable it, it may not be. As creative as you would like. uh, Go to the movies for that. Go watch a show for Mm. that. I heard the Phantom of the Opera is closing, so go watch the Phantom (laughs) of the Opera and enjoy. But when you go to church, go to desire God's word. Mm. Go to desire to be with God's people. Go to desire to worship your God. That's what you're called to do as a Christian. Um, What's another brief takeaway you would say? From a biblical perspective,
1: yeah that that as listeners, you want to make sure that your pastor is starting from a biblical text. Like like you're 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 going to church to learn uh, the word of the Lord, and so you want to make sure that every sermon it's clear in your mind that it began not with an idea. Mm-hmm. Like like again, going back to Ed Youngstein, you know the issue there is he has an idea in mind already that has nothing to do with, mm-hmm. with scripture. And so you want to make sure that, that whatever church you're going to scripture is at the forefront, that, that yep. the, the, the pulpit is being presented in such a way that, that the Bible is being preached. And so um, Joel Beek, mm-hmm. he has a code and I forget which of the Puritan books. He has a, like three of them, big ones where he summarizes, but, but one of the things he says, the Puritans truly believe this, which was, that the very preaching of the word is what matures the church. Mm. And so my thing is when you're in a congregation where the word of God is just being put to the side for, you know, whatever pop culture or worse, some, you know, author of pastor's book or whatever um, that is dangerous because more than, you know, in addition to the, the, the word of God being put to the side, you're not going to grow. Yep. You're not yep. going to mature. There's only one way that the, that the, that the Lord matures us, as, and it's through His, His Word. And so that, for me, would be the, the
0: big takeaway Your here. Growth yeah. is stunted it's right stunted. Yep. Well, friends, there it is. That's the, those are the takeaways from this week. We're glad that you joined in and listened in on this conversation. Join us next week as we continue to figure out what's going on in the current state of the church. Thanks for tuning in. We'd like to invite you to follow us on Twitter at BidaEnglishPod. Also, visit our website, www.bidaabu.church. Hope to see you with us next week.